0: I've just got a couple thoughts tonight that I want to share, and if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. That it's just a couple thoughts, though. Um, I'm excited because the people of God are gathered together tonight, and you've come to pray. And whether you're in Spring Lake Park or I know Lakeville is gathering us right with us right now, and the church that's online is so grateful for each and every person. Um, This Seek First service that we have has gone through kind of many different iterations. I remember it was nine years ago that we began our prayer service, and it was every Wednesday night. And uh, we would pray and ask the Lord to move in our church, move in our city. And uh, and. You know, the spirit does new things and different things at different times. And as Revelation, Jesus says to the church, let the church hear what the spirit is saying to the church. We need to make adjustments. And it was a couple years ago that we shifted to seek first once a month on that first Wednesday of the month. And it was a shift of of how we did our prayer time. Um, It wasn't eliminating prayer. Come on, somebody, or at least it shouldn't be. But it it kind of focused it in in a different space in time. And then COVID hit. And uh, when COVID hit, there wasn't anything in the building. And we were forced to pray in our homes. I mean, you know, that's a good thing to pray in your house. I mean, no, you don't just pray at church. You can pray in your house. Come on, somebody. And uh, when you pray you pray with other believers where two or three are gathered together, something powerful can happen. Then we've gone into this last year or so, and I've noticed a shift in what's happening in the world around the church and a shifting of what's happening in the church regarding our prayers. I've noticed a different level of intensity I've noticed a different look on the face of the church. I've noticed a difference in the posture of the church. And it's not a critique in a negative way. I've just noticed that we aren't where we were nine years ago, and we aren't where we were two years ago. There's a season change we're walking through right now. And I have noticed... That in my life and in the life of this church, particularly Emmanuel, I'm not I'm not critiquing the church outside of Emmanuel. I'm just talking to my people. That there is a need for our posture to change. That our faith needs to go up. That our confidence that God answers our prayers needs to go up. There is a need for an ability for the people of God to believe for miracles and signs and wonders in a way that's different than in years past. And I've also noticed that there are things outside the church that have impacted the faith level of the church. The change in the political atmosphere. The change in the social media digital world. The constant peltering of bad news and distorted news. The, the flipping of truth. Where evil is called good. And good called evil. And the impact that it's had on the church. And I felt like tonight that I want to draw, because this is a prayer meeting, y'all. I wanted to draw you to a, a, a attention to think about a change in your posture, a change in your voice. Uh, it was last year in the Saturday after Thanksgiving every year, Michigan plays Ohio State in football. You knew I was going to get football in here somehow, didn't you? But I have to be honest, it's been years and years and years of Michigan getting beat on that Saturday. And I'm a Michigan fan through and through. But when the games were done, my voice got quiet. I wasn't as bold. I wasn't posting on social media. Because what happened on the field impacted my voice. The experience of my team impacted the resilience of this fan. And then this last year, 42-27, Michigan beats Ohio State. And I want to tell you, I lost my voice. I was yelling so loud. So this is what I want you to consider. I think there is a Part of the church that has been praying like Michigan fans were before last November. We've prayed, we've prayed, we've believed, we believed, and still the world is going rrrr. we've trusted, we wanted God to answer prayer, we believed, and we continue to pray. But our voice hasn't been as strong and our posture hasn't been as bold and we're not shouting down the praise reports. That's really great. You got healed, Pastor Jonathan. It isn't like, oh, come on, somebody. Not only did that happen to Pastor Jonathan, but somebody could be healed tonight. You see the difference? It's a difference in posture, belief, and understanding. When Paul was speaking to Timothy, he said this. He said, I remember your genuine faith, 2 Timothy 1.5. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. i many going to for grandmas and moms. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Paul's speaking to his spiritual son in the faith. Vicariously, he's speaking to us. So the person next to you and say, he's speaking to you. And he recognizes that Timothy did have faith. He had it. There was something there. There was at least a little seed, a mustard seed of faith. There was something there. You have some level, some measure of faith. You got it. He said, and it didn't come from you. In fact, there's, There's other people that have been involved in your life that have an impact, your grandparents. In my life, my my grandma and grandpa on both sides of the family, my mom's parents, my dad's parents, both loved Jesus, prayed, sought God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my mom and dad who loved Jesus. I'm thankful for their faith, and they displayed that faith in front of me. So, So I am the beneficiary of their faith then I've had other people of God in my life that have had a significant impact in my story. People like Wayne Benson, pastor of my church growing up, and his faith. And I remember him preaching in faith and laying hands on the sick and seeing revival come to the church. And, and I remember serving under Mark Denyes, the founder of Emmanuel. And, and him preaching on faith and consistently going after God. And even when others would give up, he continued to seek the face of God and continued to believe for miracles. I got two plaques above my door in of my office that he gave to me before he died. And one says, thank a million dollars a year for missions. And the other says, thank 10,000 people. He he had those back in the 70s before the church was even 500 people, and he was believing for big things. Well, three years ago, we passed a million dollars a year for missions. Two, last year, we went to 1.5 million. And two weeks ago, we passed $1 million for kingdom builders. To God be the glory. Amen? And so I, I, I recognize I have faith around me, people that have believed for great things. And in my own story of faith, I have experienced healing in my body. I've seen miracles. I've had prayers answered when I've prayed for people. I've seen breakthrough. And then Paul says to Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. He says, don't forget those things. We have a way of forgetting. And when it comes to faith, you can't have faith and forget. If you want your faith back, start remembering. Start remembering where you have been, how God has brought you through. Those of you that are experiencing a deconstructing of your faith, don't just remember all the bad stuff. Remember the moment when you were alone and you were super grateful that Jesus forgave you of your sins. And you weren't blaming anybody else. You had a moment of transformation in your life. Paul says, don't forget those things. Because faith is a flame and it has to be fanned to be kept going. There's something about the activity Of what we do with our faith that determines what happens with our faith. Our worship, our prayer, our our praying in the spirit. Faith moves the power of God into action. Faith is not passive. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith isn't passive. And it's not passive aggressive either in Minnesota. Come on, somebody. Because God has all authority over everything. What does it say? Every knee will bow. And every tongue confess. What? That Jesus is Lord over what? Everything. Not just church people. Not just believers. Every knee will bow. Even those that deny Jesus, deny truth right now. Every knee will bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. But there are forces that will attempt to make you timid, to put the fire out, to stop you from believing that God will answer your prayer. There are forces that want to cause you to forget the power of God in your life and only remember the distortions of those who weren't perfect in following Jesus. and Sometimes that imperfect person is you. You come into a church service and you're like in a prayer meeting and you're like, I know I need to pray. I know my friend needs to be healed. I know I need to pray for my my son or my daughter who is away from Jesus as a prodigal child. And somewhere in the moment where you're going to activate your faith and begin to pray, in your memory you go, but I, I messed up. I sinned. I didn't read my Bible today. And we begin to have this self-doubt creep in. And the enemy knows just how to fan that into flame. There are forces that will attempt to make you timid. But Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power Love and self discipline. In other words, the fear and the timidity can rob you of your faith. It can douse the flame, it can throw water on it. The word timid, the root word for it, is neuter. <laughs> the same word we get for neuter, to cut off the power, is to shut off life giving reproduction. And you could be speaking in faith and in power, but something puts out your fire and you become intimidated. You shrink back and you don't pray as you could. And Paul tells Timothy, God gives power and love and self-control. Power and love and self-control. You have a choice of what authority you're going to come underneath. Which voice is going to win out? Is it the power and the love of Jesus, or is it the fear and intimidation of the enemy? I have an umbrella up here. I've used umbrellas for illustrations over time, and Oh, you like the logo? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want you to consider with your faith. Am I going to come underneath the authority of God? Because when I do, I can claim all of his promises. They are yes and amen. Or am I going to come under a different umbrella? Am I gonna come underneath the umbrella of intimidation that the enemy wants to bring me? Because if I come under that authority, I don't get the promises of God. It's a choice of what you're going to come underneath. See, when we when we understand and believe in the power and the authority of Jesus, we pray differently. We speak differently. We react with a different type of posture. Obstacles are not more intimidating than the confidence of God. And when you speak with the authority of Jesus, mountains move. The supernatural invades earth. And as long as you are under the authority of heaven, you can speak with the authority of Jesus. Romans chapter Thirteen. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. It comes from God. The world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. It comes from God. It comes from God. All authority comes from God. those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Now let me just say this as a side note. Don't think that you can have the authority of the voice of God about God's things and be not under the authority in your life. If you are rebelling against the authorities in this world, but you want to speak with the authority of heaven, Romans says it doesn't work. So in your heart, you have to be submitted to the authority of heaven by coming underneath the authorities of earth. You're like, well, but what if they're wrong? What if the government's not right? What if I don't agree with them? Then you bring those authorities underneath the umbrella of heaven And you say, Lord, I trust you. I will do things as long as it's biblical and as long as I can live holy. If they throw me in jail for doing other things, then praise God, throw me in jail for living according to the word. But I am not gonna let a rebellious heart grow in me because a rebellious heart is an intimidated heart and does not call down the promises of God. Don't submit to fear. Don't bring your life and your your care underneath the umbrella of fear or your own strength. Submit to the Lord. This is the end. You're like, how long is this going to go? Let me just end with this. Last Wednesday, Jody and I drove to Springfield, Missouri. Misery. And uh, it was hot down there. We drove down to go to the prayer meeting at a church called James River Church in Springfield, Missouri. It's a praying church. It's an incredible praying church. They've prayed every Wednesday night for years. Their pastors, Pastor John and Debbie, um, they're heroes for Jody and I. And We got to meet with them before service, and we were really inspired by their story. They're about a decade ahead of us on in years down the railroad tracks, and so we're like, we want to keep going strong ahead of us. So we're like, we're going to keep chasing. Well, they're experiencing a revival of healing at James River. It's supernatural. God is moving over the last year. Their Wednesday night prayer meeting, every seat in the room is filled. People are showing up full of faith. And every Wednesday night, and every Sunday morning they're doing this as well, but every Wednesday night, they get up during the service, and they read praise reports of people who have been healed. One of them, we heard from Pastor John right before the service. He said, I'm holding in my hands today's praise reports, because they get them every day. He says, this is the doctor's report of a man who was healed of ALS. Another one, healed of diabetes. Jody and I know of two people that are friends of ours that have driven down there and they had ailments in their body and they were healed as well. So it's not just the ones the pastor's reading from the front, it's amazing. And the cool thing about this particular revival is that when they share their testimonies, the faith level goes up in the church. And then, then somebody has a word. There's a, a pastor on the staff that came forward and said, "We well, just felt like the, the Lord wants to heal people with diabetes tonight. This is last Wednesday. And so everybody was standing, and he said, anybody here that has diabetes, I want you to step into the aisles. So everybody stepped into the aisles. Nobody came to the front. It wasn't the Superman of God up at the front laying hands on them. It was just they moved into the aisles, and the church surrounded those people and began to pray for healing. The revival of healing And the move of the Spirit of God isn't through the pastor only on the platform. It's through the people in the pews. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? I believe that Jesus wants to do this in our church. That he wants to use your faith. But you've got to fan into flame the gift that is in your heart. When God speaks, things change. He spoke into creation, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke to the people of Israel. He spoke to Lazarus, who was dead, and he came forth. He spoke to demons, leave and demons laugh. And when God speaks, demons tremble and souls are saved. And God wants to speak once again, not only through the pastor's mouth, but through the mouth of the people of God. Come on, somebody. Now I've seen it all. I've been in the church pretty much my whole life. I know that God heals, but something in me needed to go through an adjustment. I need to fan into flame the gift that's in me. My prayers can shift into intimidated prayers. Prayers that are lower than they could and should be. Settle into a normal zone. Last Wednesday, after the pastor spoke, I went to the front and they just began to sing a song. Just another song that they sing all the time. And I realized while I was singing it that I had begun to mute my prayers because I was allowing other voices to be my authority, to be my power. And I was no longer praying in the level of faith that was possible. It was lower. You got to understand, I still pray with faith. You know, if I pray for you, I'm praying in faith. But God was speaking to my inner person that he did not want me to remain as I was, but to step out of it. So after the pastor preached and we began to sing, there was one line of the song that was speaking to me. It might not have spoke to the couple thousand people that were in the room, but it was speaking to me. You ever been there? You're like, oh, here we go. And the line was this. For if my God is for me, then what have I to fear? If my God is for me, then what do I have to fear? And each time we sang this line, I could feel the Lord speaking to my soul. He was speaking to me because I realized that what I had walked through over the last couple of years, first with COVID, and the landmine of being a pastor. Mask or no mask? Vaccines or no vaccines? Prophecies or no prophecies? Who do you vote for? Who don't you vote for? And what about all the protests going on in our city? Are you pro-police or not a pro-police? Are you, are you for all lives? Are you for brown lives? Are you for all the questions? And I have to tell you, I developed an ability to be cautious when I would speak. Because I was afraid that what I would say would unintentionally offend somebody else. And I know that's not happened to anybody here. To the degree that it became a pattern in my life with my prayers. I can't sit down no more. And I realized that Paul was speaking to me when he said, God has not given you a spirit of fear or intimidation or muting or lowering the volume or dropping the faith or stopping believing for great things. God has not given you the kind of a spirit that just accepts the enemy winning in the streets and going after the next generation and changing lies into truth, causing the church to doubt the Bible. God hasn't given you that spirit, Nate. He's given you one of power and love and sound mind. Sound mind means self-control. I can come underneath that umbrella. I don't have to give in to the wave of the world around me. I don't have to constantly worry about stepping on landmines, although I can be careful about what I say. My faith should not be diminished because of the volume of the roaring lion that is out there trying to devour people, no. With my God, I can do anything. If my God is for me, who can be against me? So if my God is for me, what have I to fear? Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know how long you've been praying for your family and your kids. I don't know what you're trusting God for related to finances and obstacles or physical illnesses in your body, but if you have found yourself beginning to lower your faith level and just accept the way it is, I want you to hear the Word of the Lord tonight as He says to you that God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power and a love and a sound mind. It's time for you to lift up your eyes and believe in the one that every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess that Jesus alone is Lord. Demons must bow, wars must bow, uh, political figures must bow, even those that are hiding behind digital walls must bow. Jesus is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's time for you church to step up and say if my God God is for me. Who can be against me? Come on, somebody. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just this afternoon, I asked our, our worship team to, to do a song they had not planned on and did not know. Aren't you thankful for an incredible worship team? Every week, just... They're gonna be reading the words on the screen just like you are, because they didn't memorize it beforehand. It wasn't out on PCO this week ahead of time. But I want us to sing through, and I want the faith in your heart to rise like it has in mine, and we're gonna trust God that He's greater than what's going on in our story, that He's greater than the roar of the enemy, that He can shut the mouth of the enemy He can provide a standard against the flood that's coming in against us. He is the one that can help us stand. He's the fourth man in the fire. He's the one that will be with us in our stories. Church, just lift up your hands to heaven right now and begin to think. Fan into flame. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with me, that you are for me. And if you're for me, who can be against me? And tonight, Lord, we come before you and we choose to fan into flame the gift that's in us, that gift of faith. And we choose, oh God, to trust you that you are with us. We
1: worship you, God. Oh, it wants you, Jesus. Come on would you just lift up the name of Jesus all over this place? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing this out together. Creation knows the voice. Spoken to the void, the breath that brought the dust to life, and sang the stars to fall. The darkness fears with your voice, Amen. That drove it back before. Though the night is long, I know your light will drive it back once more. Strongholds not be moved, will spirits not be silent and cower at His role? For if my God is for me, then what have I to fear? And I will not deny Him the glory that is His, will heaven not prevail? Strongholds and strongholds.
0: right now if you can i don't care who you are you need to you want to step up in your faith you want to step out i'm going to pray a prayer of faith over you tonight and uh don't be apathetic don't be sitting back and waiting for you got to go grab don't be timid step into what god is going to do i just believe that he wants to speak faith over you that he wants to raise your faith that you are a child of God, that it's not over, that the best is still yet to come, that God is writing a new story, that your faith matters, that God is going to do something new in the next phase, but you can't cower under the voice of the enemy or the day and age that we live in you are mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds. you matter in this day and age your voice before the throne is meant to be heard before the throne you can speak to the sick and see them healed you can be used of God to speak life to those that don't know Jesus and lead them to Jesus there are parts of your story some I feel like right now there's somebody here That you have gone through a very difficult loss i don't know if it's a literal loss of a person or a loss of something very important to you and 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 as you went through that loss something went in you and you feel dead inside and i just want to speak life like jesus did to lazarus come forth it's time for you to hear the voice of Jesus over your life so that you can step back into those things that God has for you. Hallelujah. I just want to pray. I want to be able to sing. In fact, I'm going to pray it in just a second. I want to go back into the, go into the bridge. And uh, if we can go back into that bridge and then I want you to sing it out. And then when we're done, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Just go ahead and lift up your hands to heaven now. Lord, we come before you. Lord, it only takes one word. It only takes one moment. We're standing in this moment, looking your direction. I pray, God, as we worship, as we pray, that, Lord, you would speak that word of life into each soul. In Jesus' name.
1: Oh, heaven will prevail. The strongholds will be moved. Come on, declare it. Spirits will be silenced and cower at his role. My God is for me, so I have I to feed for nothing will deny the glory that is says and heaven will prevail the strongholds the strongholds will be moved, the spirits will be silenced, and cowards.
0: Father, these are your kids. You care about your kids. I I pray, Lord, you would speak a word of life over each and every child of God here. I pray, Lord, that as you speak, it would cancel the lies of the enemy, the lie that I'm not special, the, the, the lie that I'm... Different. I, the lie that I did something wrong, that the lie that I'm not good enough. I come against those lies. The lie that God doesn't love me because He took something from me, or I, I was hurt, and the, the the enemy put in a lie. I come against that in Jesus' name, and I pray that you speak a better word now, a true word from heaven over each life and every mind. The word that says that I am chosen, that I am loved. That, and i'm one that you died for and i pray oh god that Lord the blood of Jesus lord would lord cancel the power of the curse of sin, and that you would release the power of the life of the resurrection of Jesus in each life. Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, you would baptize people afresh in the power of the Holy Spirit, that the promises of the Word would come true, even now in Jesus' name, and that we'd be reminded who we are in you. I pray, oh God, that you would restore confidence, that you would restore love, that you, Lord, would straighten our back, lift our heads give us the confidence that if my god is for me what have i to fear there is nothing to fear because you are with me i pray oh god that you would strengthen my resolve and then lord the storm of the lord would be in each one not just tonight but lord each and every day that we would walk in the promises of god that the would be yes and amen and that Lord we would know the power of God and may the signs and wonders follow those who believe who step in with their belief and walk with faith I pray God that we would lay hands on the sick and see them healed that we would open our mouths and see people come to Christ I pray Jesus that you would use each and every one Lord that you've called you